This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the Express. And <laughs> coming up this week, David Ward's buying guides, Timecrest audio game review, and big news for accessibility on Android. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, happy weekend. Happy part part to you, Stephen Scott. <laughs> the Express is the weekend for me. How are you doing? Absolutely. I always think about Dane. I always say this at the start of the show, but I always think about Dane. He always sends me the part part, and it's, it's, it, well, it has two purposes for me. <laughs> Uh, on, on a Saturday afternoon, it means I know the show's on air. That's it's like my audio cue. That's a good sign. Yes. Yeah, I get a message from Mastodon that says "pop pop," and then I go, "Ah, everything's fine. That's it." So if thank we ever you, get Dane. round to doing some merch, there's got to be Dane says "part part" t-shirt. Dane That's says gonna "part part." Absolutely. Uh, coming up this week, we're talking Android accessibility. A huge week for Android, of course. Seeing AI, be my AI, talkback fourteen point one. Sean, uh, we're going to be talking with Kareen and Sally from AccessibleAndroid.com, uh, which. I have to say it was a fantastic conversation and yes. I'm looking forward to replaying that today on the Express for you. If you didn't get a chance to hear it during the week, you really must stick around for that today. Also, uh, listener Alexis got in touch because uh, she wanted to share uh, her review of Timecrest. This was something that we did ask Alexis to do, very kind of her. Uh, and We're she very, very him. lazy, apparently. And yes, we well, asked someone else to do it. We are not going to do it. Let's be perfectly honest <laughs> about it. Uh, and David Ward's here with his buying guides as well. Uh, we're going to be uh, finding out about the best Fire TV sticks to go for and Echoes as well. But of course, it is the Express. And you can probably guess what's at the top of the news this week. Double Tap News is here with Grace Schofield. Thanks, guys. Big news this week for Android smartphone users. Microsoft has brought its Seeing AI app to the Android platform. This innovative app was previously an iOS exclusive, and it's designed to assist people who are blind or have low vision. Now it's available on the Google Play Store for free. It boasts enhanced photo descriptions and an interactive chat feature for scanned documents, such as menus and receipts. With its expansion to Android, Seeing AI is broadening its impact, now supporting 18 languages with plans to double that number by 2024. Staying with Android and the innovative Be My AI feature from the company Be My Eyes, it's now rolling out to that platform too, via the already existing Be My Eyes app. The open beta on Android functions like a pocket-sized AI assistant. By simply pointing your phone's camera at an object, the AI then provides spoken descriptions. The creation of the feature results from a collaboration between Be My Eyes and OpenAI, and the app's design and functionality has proved a hit with the blind community, whose members were heavily involved in its development. The annual SiteTech Global Virtual Conference took place this week, focusing on how assistive technology can benefit the blind community. The event is a melting pot of experts, technologists, and product developers, all coming together to discuss the empowerment of blind people through cutting-edge tech. The conference serves as a platform for sharing insights and advancements in the accessibility tech space. Ned Desmond is the creator of the event and explains how it got started. 
we came up with this idea at the start of the pandemic. Um, my wife happens to be blind and uh, she works closely with the Vista Center. The Vista Center uh, had a, a heavy reliance on in-person fundraising events and the pandemic shut most of those down and they really needed a new idea. Uh, and it just happened that I was rolling off my uh, job, which I ran a business, a media business called TechCrunch for many years, which is focused on tech and does a lot of events. And uh, as a consequence, I have a great Rolodex of speakers and uh, sponsors and all that sort of thing. So I volunteered to put together a new type of event, virtual, online, as we've discussed, that uh, could attract a great audience, uh, could showcase the fact that we're here in Silicon Valley. And uh, we hoped at the time raise uh, some some good funds to help keep Vista afloat. And it's all come true. Now, another big story for Android users, and especially those who have been seeking out the functionality of iMessage on their devices. In a significant development, Beeper Mini has been introduced, which emulates the iPhone experience, offering a native connection directly to Apple's service. Unlike previous attempts, Beeper Mini allows users to use their own phone number with iMessage. Beeper Mini is now available for download on the Play Store. But note that after a seven-day free trial, a $2 monthly subscription is required. Microsoft has announced plans to extend security updates for Windows 10 past its 2025 end-of-support date, but for a fee. This extended security update service, previously only offered to companies, will be available to regular consumers. It is a crucial move considering the widespread use of Windows 10. The service will provide critical security updates, but will not include new features or technical support. While the pricing is not yet disclosed, this decision highlights the need for continued security in older operating systems. Google's TalkBack, the screen reader application for Android smartphones, has received a significant update in its 14.1 version. This update is particularly beneficial for Braille users, offering auto-scroll functionality and typo-correction capabilities for the on-screen Braille keyboard. Moreover, the app now supports Braille in an impressive 47 languages. Additionally, new assignable commands for physical keyboards have been introduced, enhancing user experience and functionality. Elsewhere in the headlines, Rode, a leader in audio devices, has acquired its rival, Mackie. This merger causes a significant force in the pro audio and streaming market. Both companies have been adapting to the evolving streaming market, with products catering to content creators and live streamers. The acquisition positions the new Rode Mackie entity to compete with major players like Elgato and Razer. This merger suggests a growing focus on streaming and content creation, alongside a continued commitment to professional audio. And finally, in an unusual story from Washington, D.C., a man was robbed of his smartphone during an armed robbery, but found a very small silver lining. The thieves, after discovering the phone was an Android and not an iPhone, returned it to him. Despite the return of his phone, the traumatic experience has significantly impacted the victims. This incident, however, highlights the perceived value and demand for certain technology brands, even among criminals. You can keep up to date with all of the Double Tap news and headlines every single day on our website, doubletaponair.com. For now, though, that's your Double Tap news, and I'm Grace Scofield. 
Thank you, Grace. Wow, what a week for news. Loads and yes. loads of stories in there. And lots that we're going to come back to, I promise you, because that story about Microsoft, uh, apparently they're going to charge us now to keep using Windows 10. I mean, come on. So Hooray! We're going to, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> Great news, yeah. wait. Happy it's, Christmas. Yeah, happy Christmas, everyone. Here's a bill. Um, <laughs> sounds, sounds like every Christmas I've ever uh, been involved in, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, uh, anyway, to keep the Christmas spirit alive, that's not involving us, uh, Lena's here with her advent calendar. Hello, Double Tappers. Have you been to the Tactile Times advent calendar? I'm recording this on December 2nd. To get to the fully accessible advent calendar, complete with sound effects, jokes, Christmas music, and all sorts of other surprises, go to games.com tactiletimes.org That's G-A-M-E-S dot T-A-C-T-I-L-E-T-I-M-E-S dot O-R-G Go to games. The first one you'll find is Hangman and the second one is Advent Calendar. The good folks at the Tactile Times recommend that those who have usable vision use a computer or tablet when visiting the website. Those of us who depend completely on screen readers will do just fine no matter what device we're using. I've tried it on both types of devices and for this demo I'm using my iPhone. My old iPhone. So I have opened the advent calendar and I have swiped right to get to December 2nd. I'm going to double tap this. Second. That was the door opening. Click play to launch here. Hester's Christmas message. And I'll swipe right to get to the play button. Play button. Hi everyone, my name's Hester and I have a Christmas joke for you. What is the best present that you can possibly get? A broken drum, because you just can't beat it. (laughs) Um, I just want to wish everyone a very happy Christmas, and I hope you all have a wonderful break. Bye. If that joke is making you groan, let's go to December 1st. Left arrow back, button. I've swiped right, double tap. You'll hear the sound of the door closing. Left arrow back. Skip to advent calendar. In page link. Okay, I've now swiped back to December 1st. I'll double tap. Third. We will have a variety of different types of content in our advent calendar, including Christmas music. But for today, here is quite a bad joke to start us off. You have been warned. I'm swiping right. Why was the snowman embarrassed when he was caught hunting through a bag of carrots? Why was the snowman embarrassed when he was caught swiping through a bag of carrots? He was picking his nose. For those of you who live in the desert, kids make balls of snow and stack them on top of each other to build snowmen. And then they make the faces with vegetables or whatever they might have at hand, rocks, anything. Have fun, Double Tappers. Oh, Lena, 
Thank you so much for that. I love hearing from you. It is great to hear from Lena, as always, talking there about her advent calendar. Uh, And, you know, she's getting us into the Christmas spirit, and as did David Ward this week, Sean, because uh, he sent in this, a guide to buying the Amazon Echo. Because there's so many of them, right? There's so many different types of Amazon Echo. There is. What's your favourite? All of them. I love them all. Every single last one, except the ones with screens. But we won't go into that. Oh, that's a good point. Well, okay, we'll get into that then. Uh, David Ward is here with his Echo Buying Guide. Hello, you Double Tap listeners. This is David Ward from Across the Pond. Just kind of bringing you a little tip or buying guide of sorts for buying Amazon Echo style devices this season. Very much in harmony with what Stephen and Sean are doing with the website. Kind of really cool. Different suggestions and things you can submit up there for accessible uh, devices or equipment for low vision or blind individuals. So I thought I'd just bring you some of my two cents since I'm deep in the Echo ecosystem and do a podcast about that, about what's going on with the Amazon Echoes. So when it comes to the Amazon Echoes without a screen, one of the newest pieces of hardware is also the entry-level hardware. And here in the United States, it's starting at $17, and that's the Echo Pop. It has nearly identical speaker size as the Echo Dot, which is kind of its big brother, which is uh, starting here around $22 in the United States on sale. And I would imagine you'll find corresponding prices and sales in Canada and in the United Kingdom on these types of devices. Now, the principal difference between the two is the Echo Dot has extra sensors, a temperature sensor, a, uh, a presence detection sensor for people entering or exiting the room. And, of course, it has this weird kind of uh, motion detection. If you thump it on the top, it will pause or resume music. So it has those extra sensors. But the Echo Dot is uh, hasn't been revised since 2022. The Echo Pop having been a new hardware released in 2023. An amazing price at $17. Once you move outside of that to the traditional Echo or the Echo Studio, those devices, while having bigger speakers and a lot more oomph or high fidelity, are rather old. They haven't been updated or revised in a while. So just bear that in mind. They will be on sale and are good deals, but they haven't been revised in a while. So just bear that in mind when you're buying that kind of equipment. Now, I'll move on to the Echo Shows, which have a screen and often a camera for video conferencing or playing show TV shows or things like that. The Echo Show 5 and the Echo Show 8 would be kind of my things to recommend to look at. Both of them have been revised in our new hardware specs released here in 2023 in the fall. Now, the 5 obviously has a 5-inch screen and smaller speakers in it. And uh, as a result, uh, doesn't have quite the oomph, but starts at around $39 U.S. here on sale as of late. While the Echo Show 8 uh, is around $104 on sale, I think it's usually $149 when it's not on sale. I would kind of lean folks towards the Echo Show 8, being that that was the one that was actually demoed on stage during the Amazon event this past fall with a lot of newfangled AI conversational features we can look forward to here in the near future as Amazon releases those features. That was the one they actually used, the Echo Show 8 on stage for doing a lot of that cool stuff. So it's really tooled up and geared. It has some of the extra sensors in there, along with home automation stuff that it can do uh, to maybe really help uh, when those new features roll out. So that would be something definitely looking. And correspondingly, being a much bigger form factor, those show 8s and 10s can really 
pump out the volume. So they can do quite a quite. It's actually sound relatively good for what they are. They're pretty amazing. So $104 on sale now. Now, once you step outside those Echo Shows to the 10-inch show or the 15-inch, those devices, while on sale, are a little old, haven't been updated or revised in a while. We honestly don't know. Maybe if you, maybe the 15 is an example, will be revised. But you may have a special need case for that where you want the larger screen if you're low vision. You know, you can zoom in with the built-in zoom client or use the uh, screen reader that's built in. You know, you can make like six inch, eight inch tall uh, clock or something on that 15 inch model. But bear in mind, they are a little older and haven't been revised lately. So definitely look at the five or the eight. All right. Well, that's just my little buying guide for you guys. Stephen and Sean love the show. And until next time, rock on. Thank you, David. Fantastic there. Do check out the Echo Tips podcast. But now let's go to gaming with a Nexus and Timecrest. Hi, I am here with a recording about my experience with Timecrest specifically. It is a text adventure game um, where you follow a boy named Ash who uh, whose world is destroyed by meteors. And he contacts you through a, through a pocket watch and... Um, you turn back time, saving his world. And most of the journey is pretty much trying to figure out why the meteors are destroyed and trying to basically stop it from uh, happening again. But also there are other things going on. So the way that the players interact with the game, it's not levels um, as you would find in something like Sortie Quest. It is chapters. These chapters are pretty long. Sometimes there are... Uh, there are times where you have to stop the game because you have to return at certain certain amounts of time, and it. Um, so when you when you stop, you can eventually go back. You get a notification and everything. Uh, you also get skip crystals in the beginning, which um, I have spent because I have become a pretty addicted to the game pretty quickly when I'm playing. So the way that the screen is set up is you have on the top left you get a little bit of information like what chapter you're in, the current year, how many, I think they're called, yeah, time crystals you have, um, how much gold you have, and so on. Like, those are the, the main points of information. After that, what I'm going to call the middle of the screen, you have the messages and basically, like, the as, as they're incoming, they show up in the in in there um and then there is the bottom right of the screen which has a shop the pocket watch the music player and there is also something there called descriptive help which um i haven't really opened i think i opened it once but i actually don't remember what's in descriptive help so that is kind of what the layout looks like so now i'm going to open um, on my phone, I'm going to open the game and I'm going to show you kind of how I, a few actions and how it kind of works. I will say it is very accessible and it, uh, the way that it's played is, uh, messages come up and when it's your turn to respond, you get, uh, um, a few options. Sometimes you only get one cause that's like the only response that's there, but sometimes, uh, a lot of times you get a few options and you click on one. And that will be, and based on your response, then other messages arrive. Basically, that's kind of how it's it's uh, shown there. So it's like text messages, but without you dictating exact um, exact instructions, almost. So I'm gonna open the game. Open Timecrest. So when I that's the back button on the top, and then as I scroll, 
chapter 8. We're in year 1014 MG. I'm not sure what the MG actually stands for in this game. So you have the aura. The aura. So the, after that, we're going to basically have messages. So what I'm going to do first, I'm going to show you a few things. So first, I'm going to go with the... I'm going to get more time crystals. So quantity. So we're going to vend for free because that's easier. Okay. And then we collect. You might have noticed that I do not have the soundtrack of the game on. It's because I find music and gaming a bit distracting. So um, I have it off. So I got the time crystals. Now we close. And then I'm going to go on the bottom uh, right of the screen. So there's the shop. Notices. These are usually announcements of things like podcast interviews and stuff like that. Um, so then we're going to go. This is the memory oracle that I do not have access to. Music player. That's the music player. You have to have the soundtrack on to use it. Pocket watch. Something and then we're going to go to the pocket watch. Music pocket watch. Something okay. Inbox. Relationships. Infinity couch. I'm basically scrolling right right now. Time press merchant. Time Chris Merchant. Okay, so Morty is basically like a, a wolf that gives you money. That is the best description I have. Morty is a wolf that gives you money. Um, so when we click on him... So that's the description we have. Every time, we usually get a description for all of this stuff all the time. So I'm scrolling right again. So we're going to collect 60 gold. So we're going to collect here. And then we hit OK. And now we're going to go through the messages so that I can kind of show you how it all reads. So that was my last response uh, to basically attack. That's the last time I played. You're right. Mary will never let me pass him. So that's a message. I have to deal with him first. Hang on, Roger. Ellipsis. System message. Ash is busy. So here it says he's busy. And at the time, I remember I had to wait probably about three hours or something. I do not remember the exact time. So when it says something like Ash is busy, that usually means you have to wait before coming back to the game. Unless you have uh, time skip, uh, skip crystals, which I do not. Again, I had 12 and I spent them all. It's no good. So it says it's no good. I can't get past Merrick. He keeps dodging my clothes. Merrick said, is this all you've got? The woman in the phone mask just spoke. She said, he's calling. So as you can see, we're just reading messages right now. Still. Ah, yes. This is the one where he has paralyzed and I did have to wait about three something hours. So as you can see so far, it's just a lot of messages. There are a lot of messages in this game before you can respond. So usually you have to get through them. So this is where he rests. It gives you that message. 
at the moment, they're basically in a quest and they have a couple of things going on. There are a lot of quests in this game, so if you do like quests, this might be a really good game for you. Ellipses. So there's an ellipses. I'm coming to my room with him. Yeah, so part of the conflict in this game is that there is an issue with uh, humans and um, mages, and you, as the character, the person who's playing, is someone from the human uh, world. And technically, according to in this in this world, it is illegal. So that's a fact you should know probably beginning. Well, ellipses. The inside of it looks like nothing I've seen before. There's a high chance this could be a human relic. There are strange panels with different colors everywhere. System message. Ash is waiting. Okay, so this, when it says Ash is waiting, this is where we basically respond. So here's what we have. This is what it looks like. Tell me more about the object. One of two responses. Button. So that's tell me more about the object. Draw the spell. Two of two responses. Button. And then it says draw a spell. So I think I am going to go with tell me more about the object. So I'm gonna, so basically you just double tap. Look. Tell here. Me more about the One of two responses. We're gonna double tap on this. Tell me more about the object. And that sound is that it came through. And this means that messages are basically coming through. So that's the basics of the game. That is the basics of playing. And that last one usually means that you're either going to respond, you need to respond, or you have to wait some time. So that is the basics of uh, how I usually play. Not much changes um, from from there. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one. There was very little talking, more voiceover than anything than anything else. Uh, but I felt like the best way to go. But I hope you um, enjoyed this. And hopefully, based on how easy it was to navigate, I have convinced at least one person to play the game. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you, Nexus. Appreciate that review. And you can check that out in full on our website, doubletaponair.com, where you can catch all our stories because it is the greatest website on earth. And frankly, I don't think you need anything else in your life. Well done. Unbiased opinion there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Stick around. More buying guides from David Ward on the other side of the break, uh, this time talking about the Fire TV stick. And we talk Android accessibility with accessibleandroid.com. That's handy. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. Hello, Stephen and Sean and you Double Tap listeners. This is David Ward from Across the Pond bringing you just kind of a neat little buying guide for not Amazon Echoes this time or those types of devices, which I'm very much involved with, uh, with my podcast and uh, just in daily living, but something known as the Fire TV Stick line of devices. So this is smart TVs that can be accessible, have wonderful features along with a screen reader and even a magnification client, which is really kind of cool kind of like a zoom text or something like that or windows magnifier built into it so these sticks have just been revised and they would augment a tv a dumb tv to make it a smart tv or if you have a smart tv that's got a little old and slow or doesn't have some of those features like the screen reader and the like this would be a great tool it just plugs into the hdmi port and has a separate little power dongle that you can plug in and then off to the races you go. So these were just revised in the fall of 2023. It is the Fire TV, that's one word, a 4K stick. And then the more a premium model is known as the Fire TV 4K Stick Max. 
And here in the United States, the price of the Max lately has been on sale for $39. I would imagine you find corresponding discounts in, in uh, Europe and uh, also in Canada. Uh, and uh, the Fire TV 4K, the more base model, was actually selling for a few days ago for $24, but I've seen it bumped up to $49 again. So that's the traditional non-sale price. So just be careful about that. Now, what is the principal difference between the two? Well, with the newer processor, you're going to, you know, if you've been finding your screener a little laggy on your older models, you're going to probably see that evaporate. But the principal difference between the 4K and the 4K Max model is the Max has twice the storage on it. So if you're going to be installing a lot of different apps for television viewing or some sort of local storage that you might use, it has twice the onboard storage. It also has uh, probably some higher fidelity, uh, certain components or Codex. I think that's been discussed in past Double Tap episodes by other listeners. But the one thing that jumped out at me is it supports Wi-Fi 6E, which is a new standard which has a 6 gigahertz radio spectrum. So if you're in an apartment complex or a high volume area where there's lots of different Wi-Fi signals and things like that, and you were doing some upgrades on your Wi-Fi anyway... Bear in mind, this Fire TV 4K Max stick does support that new Wi-Fi standard 6E. So that may be especially interesting to you. Well, anyway, just figured I'd bring those to the fore as some really good deals. Uh, and, of course, they have the wonderful accessibility features built in as well. Anywho, back to you, Stephen and Sean. Love the show and rock on. Thank you, David, for your buying guides. And uh, we're going to post them on the website as well so you can get a chance to uh, go back and listen to those. Some really good advice in there. And do check out the Equitips podcast, a fantastic resource. Now, speaking of good resources, uh, accessibleandroid.com is the place to go if you want to know good opinion, good advice, good tips on using Android devices. And uh, this week we got the chance to sit down with Kareen and Sally from accessibleandroid.com to find out all about their thoughts on the big news of the week, which is, of course, that Seeing AI, Be My AI, and TalkBack 14.1 have been announced. I'm Karin Kiwan. I'm a part of the Accessible Android team. I'm glad to be here with you guys today, and I think that we are going to have a nice chat. Uh, hi, everyone. It's Ali Kunduz, uh, co-founder of AccessibleAndroid.com. It's great to be here at Double Tab. Thank you so much for coming on. It is great to have you both here. I'm really excited to uh, to talk to you guys because it's, it's unusual for us to actually be able to reach out and almost, almost touch Android people. Uh, it's really nice. I'm liking it. Way to I'm... make people feel welcome there. Of course, we want to know more about Android. There's been lots of Android love lately, so we need to know more. Absolutely. So that is why uh, we have both Karina and Sally here with us today. Uh, Sally, I'll start with you, if you don't mind, uh, because, of course, the big news of the week is seeing AI coming to Android. Tell us your reaction to that news. Okay, this is actually kind of unexpected. I mean, it was like uh, almost four or five years ago when seeing AI was released for an iOS. I was using my Android phone and thinking, okay, when it's going to go for android and people would say oh maybe a long time you need to wait and then like uh, a couple of days ago when i heard that it's coming to android it's super exciting and uh, when i put my hands on the app i was like amazed and finally i have this on my android phone seeing people using on their ios devices all around and uh doing all those things uh independently that was a great app 
and it was kind of sad not having that on Android. So when it came, it was a big surprise and really, really welcome it so well. I can totally understand how it was a big surprise to you there, Sally. But yeah. what, what, what about, were you, was it something you were actually wishing for? Because, of course, you have other options on Android and arguably just as uh, useful, just as feature rich, such as Google Lookout, for example. Yeah, but being honest with you, if you have tons of alternatives on Android, but you don't have that you have on the other side. So you always look for the other that you don't have. It's always like this <laughs> on the humans' lives. <laughs> it's very true. The grass is always greener. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I forgot that saying, but yeah, yeah, the grass is greener. So that was what happened to, to me when uh, when I see people using Scene AI. I had this Google Lookout, Envision AI, all those other alternatives. There are even more apps, maybe you probably don't know on Android, but still that one thing that I was looking for, it's here finally. Uh, Karine, what was your take on it when you had the news that, that Seeing AI was coming to Android? Look, I, I haven't used Seeing AI on iOS before, but I knew about the application. However, I wasn't like holding my breath to have it because I thought that they were not going to release it any day. Uh, but yeah, they did it. But what happened actually is that although I wasn't excited at the beginning, however, when I used the app, I thought that, yeah, really, it was able to impress me because... Despite that we have a lot of, of applications and this thing that, <clears throat> that I'm going to say, you will love it, iOS lovers, but really <laughs> seeing AI is able to, to make some or to give you something impressive, something that is really in some areas ahead of the competition. And uh, if I'm able to just advertise <laughs> a little bit my own article, which is on the accessible Android, I wrote about my impressions yesterday. So uh, it was recently released, uh, the article about the causes or the reasons that made me excited about having this app, this this specific app on, on Android, finally. So yeah, it, it, had, it has something really good to offer. Yeah, and I think that's a really key point, actually, because I imagine there are people who've thought about making the switch from iPhone to Android or are coming to smartphones for the first time and thinking, you know, maybe they've got a blind shell classic or maybe they've got a Capsus Smart Vision or whatever it might be. And okay, I know that's based on Android, but for them, they might not feel like they're in that Android or iPhone world yet. And they've been thinking about making the leap to a touchscreen device and been holding off because of this news that, that you know, seeing AI previously wasn't there. I mean, that, it's that significant, Sally, isn't it? Five years ago when that was released, it's still like no, no one Android. So it was really disappointing. <laughs> we have alternatives to seeing AI on iOS, of course. We have Envision as well and SuperSense and uh, lots of others, actually. Um, not as well known, but there are lots out there when it comes to OCR, for example. Prismo is something I used to use a lot. Um, but there is something about seeing AI, the way, I don't know if it's to do with the user interface or the actual, the way the internal engine works for OCR, which, which is my primal use for it, by the way. I love the short text feature. I love the documents feature. Um, there is something a bit special about seeing AI. So I can understand totally, actually, why people are um, maybe not overly excited, but still, it's nice to see it on every platform yeah but, but here's, android here's my question though to Karina on this because you know i know you're excited about seeing ai and you think that it, it has a, it is a big deal but 
What about Google Lookout? Because Google Lookout is a fantastic app. Some might argue even better than seeing AI. What's your take on that? Look, I have something to say about Google in this regard. Google has a problem, which is the uh, restrictions, country restrictions. So they just release something and we, other people, other than those who are living in the United States and sometimes very few other countries, we should just wait and wait and wait. So... For this reason, if we look at AI things that are coming to, to image description in Lookout, we are still waiting, and I think that we might wait for months for this to come. Um, so this is w- w- one problem. The other problem is that if we want to be, to, to be honest, the, the document reading and seeing AI is better than what Lookout offers. So just by just um, checking few pages, I was able to see this seeing AI doing a perfect job in capturing the image, in capturing the format of the image, in showing everything. And I was the one who was doing the the uh, the, the taking of the photo, and I'm not good at capturing photos. So the guidance is also great. So for this reason, I can tell you that uh, seeing AI excels um if we want to talk about future stuff and about how they are able to do things. This is so important that we get outside of this bubble that, you know, I live in, that Sean lives in, that a lot of us who are in the, the tech world live in, where everything's focused on the UK or the US or Canada or Australia or New Zealand. And we forget about countries outside of that bubble. And of course, that was the other big side of this seeing AI announcement was that, of course, more languages would be supported. They want to double the amount of languages supported by next year as well. So this makes these uh, applications more accessible to more people worldwide. And, And I guess that is why perhaps or part of the reason why you're so excited about this. Uh, if you let me talk about this thing, actually, um, first of all, seeing AI is free. And the people who are living in the marginal, marginalized countries or in the third world, whatever you want to, to call it, okay, those people who are really in need of those applications, you know, because they are always searching for the free alternatives. So those should be uh, like given the, the opportunity to use those apps. So this is the first thing. And the other thing is I hate geo restrictions as much as much as you can imagine so so much and um other than that um there's only one problem with seeing ai which is the 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 lack of support of a lot of languages i hope that they will support more languages soon because their ocr is really great however um some languages like my native language is not supported yet so yeah this is a downside yeah, I think that's a really important point, actually. And it, it as you said, Stephen, it's that I, I, we're as guilty as anyone else of being stuck in that bubble. Oh, this is available. Why don't you just use? Of course, it's available where we are, but that doesn't mean it's available anywhere else. And uh, it, yeah, it's a very good point. And it makes you wonder, you know, we talked about why has it taken this long for seeing AI to come over to Android. And I think you actually raised the point, Stephen, that maybe it was to do with translations, maybe it was to do with language support. We just assume it's something easy to add in there, but obviously it isn't. Well, I, well so my, my, my thing is that actually what, what bringing it to Android does is it makes it more available to more people outside of the bubble, as I'm going to call it from now on, because 
I think the reality is that, that a lot of people in the US and UK and in Canada will use iPhones as blind people. That's not the case in most other countries, uh, even in Europe. I think that's probably unlikely to be the case. Middle East, Africa, India. I, I think these, these, these places are, are they're not predominantly Android users, but there are certainly more Android users there who are disabled, I think. And of course, a lot of that comes down to cost. Karina, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, of course. So, you know, Android is just uh, extended to a lot of price ranges. So when you have something on Android, this will like g- give it to more people. You are able to get to give that thing to more people. Yeah, I know the development is slightly um, harder because Android is a lot of devices, a lot of um, UIs. It's not this unified thing that we you get on iOS. However, uh, many, many app developers are able to, to make good apps that work well on Android. So this is not an excuse, but some, but sometimes the problem is that, uh, there is this, uh, like, misconception that Android is not used by blind people and that, okay, um, the number of people who will be using this app, if it's on Android, will be just, um, not important or it will be just a little bit, like, it, it, it will not be the number that companies will, will, will care about. However, there are really a lot of blind, blind Android users and uh, the companies and developers should start thinking about Android as a place where uh, or a platform where blind people are really available and it is really like improving with, with respect to accessibility. So we, they should consider this. I think they are starting to do that, but yeah, they need some, some time, yeah. Sally, uh, do, you, do you want to chime in on this? Because I'd, I'd be intrigued to, I mean, obviously, I'm just going to take this off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I, I find this quite interesting, this, this particular discussion, because we kind of are focusing here on the, the larger world's needs uh, as a result of this. And we're actually seeing that, you know, seeing AI's launch on Android is more profound than perhaps some people would even think. Yeah, of course. I mean, thinking of this in the background, when we first launched Accessible Android, I could see that, I mean, uh, the need of this kind of resource is huge. I mean, everyone's saying, like, where were you guys all this time? So this is the same story for seeing. I mean, where were you guys all this time? Five years, Mm. no Android. So this is a huge, huge potential as well. So the good part is uh, the more people going to use it, the more images the AI will get. I mean, you said out of bubble, more images, more support for the AI, and even going to give you better results. So it's kind of win-win, but they didn't realize it up to five years. Now, I want to also mention, of course, the other big story, which is Be My AI, uh, arriving on the same day. Uh, Now, of course, it's rolling out slightly differently. It will roll out over time. And, uh, of course, this is part of the existing Be My Eyes app on Android. So this is, you know, something that was already in place. But Be My AI is coming to Android. Again, another big story this week for Android and Android users, Sally. Absolutely. This is a big, big coincidence that they both come in the same day. Maybe they know from each other. Okay, let's do it in the same day, like a big launch. (laughs) So the thing is, they were, December the 3rd was the World International Dis- the Day for Disability People. And the, the day after, uh, I mean, on uh, Monday, they released the app. I mean, in the very first business day. That's a great step. I mean, that's so well thought. And we were excited double times. I remember I slept at 2 a.m. in that day. 
<laughs> so this is something you've been uh, keeping an eye on on the iOS side, obviously, because yeah. there has been a huge excitement. It's been a great success over on the iOS. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you must be um, uh, even more excited for this overseeing AI. I don't want to don't cause a fight, but um, <laughs> this I don't know if there's any alternatives like this on Android already using something like ChatGPT as a foundation service. Well, GPT is working somehow in others, other, uh, like use Bing, you can use GPT for, but like using Be My AI, it's much, much more better now. And I'm more excited for Be My AI comparing to seeing AI, honestly, because the description that gives uh, is simply outstanding. I mean, uh, I could tell that I'm taking good photos by now. <laughs> <laughs> Being yes. a total, total blind person, I realized my I'm taking photos in a good way. I mean, uh, when I take the photos of others, even though the camera gives you some uh, guidance, like moving up and down, but still you need to take good. I mean, uh, I realized that I'm a, I'm a good photo taker now. <laughs> Be careful about the hallucinations because I I took a, I took a, I took a, a photo just randomly. Um, I, and I knew that the room was like dark. So, and seeing AI was just giving me uh, like information and about details and people who are in the room. So there was nothing actually. Yeah, I, I just want to pick up on that, Green, because I, I want to ask you, you know, from from again, you know, from our perspective as blind people, t- the idea of taking a picture. Okay, that in itself has been a bit of a challenge. And then, like you were saying, Sally, we got the tools to help us take the picture, but now we're able to actually know what the picture is of and what's in the picture. And Kareem, that makes a difference. I mean, that's that's a huge leap forward again in what feels like uh, actually not a very long time. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. The technology is not uh, reliable yet. So you should pay attention always to this AI thing. First of all, you don't know uh, how much the, the description is right? Because you know the AI things just uh, try to to reassure you that they are or it is telling you the the right thing. You know this this way of convincing you about something which is not real. Okay, so this is the first problem. So we are not we are not yet um, able to rely on this because we don't know the rating of the description if this description is really right or not. Uh, other than that, um, I think. Un- unless the problems with AI itself, like the hallucinations and uh, those things is fixed, um, we should wait. The third thing is that um, we need or we, we should wait until something which is the ability to get uh, an on-device uh, guidance. So the ability to, to tell you what's in focus quickly so you can know what is the thing which is that which is uh, under the focus, and then you you take the picture. So this processing will not be after you take the picture. It will it will be before you do the 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 actual capturing of the picture. I think when those three things are uh, worked on, or, or I think the the future will hold something like that. Uh, when we are going to get those three things, I think pe- blind people will be able to take really good photos. So urging caution, Karina. Okay, that, that's that's again interesting, right? Because it's it's how much do we trust the technology, Sally? Because you know, one hand, like you're saying, it's great. You know, we've got all this capability, but as Karina's saying, yeah, but you know, how much of it can we trust? Yeah, but I mean, uh, 
thinking of uh, what we had in the past. At least we have something that we can hold on to, at least a little bit. I mean, taking the photos or getting the descriptions. Imagine back in the time uh, where the, you didn't have such things. And sometimes the sighted people, when they describe your photos, they are not giving you the things that you need. They, they tell you what they see, but the AI is telling you uh, what you should see in some, some, some sense. Guys, I want to talk about uh, TalkBack because, of course, 14.1 has come out. And, you know, as a new proud owner of a Google Pixel Pro 8, I think that's how you say it, or is it 8 Pro? I keep getting mixed up with these things. 8 Pro, 8 yeah. Pro, thank you. <laughs> it's also good to find an Android person yeah. to correct me on these things. Um, but, yes, uh, so I've got, the, got this new phone, which is absolutely gorgeous. I got it in screaming blue, which is my favourite colour. And uh, it's not the official name, but I did get that, and it's lovely. And, of course, I've updated it now to TalkBack 14.1. Lots of new features in there. Um, this, uh, of course, for Braille users, great news, of course, for being able to auto scroll with Braille displays and on screen keyboard improvements. What's your takeaways on the on the announcement, Sally, of uh, TalkBack 14.1? The very first thing is, of course, uh, the image descriptions. It's not still there yet, but it's a good start, in my opinion. So Google needs to work on it some more, uh, giving us more and more descriptions. And uh, they have the resources, being honest. I mean, taking up the Google photos or Google Lookout, all those things can combine and make TalkBack even more rich. But Google Apps, they don't know each other that well, being honest. I mean, you have a lot of friends, but you only know a couple of them. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Has Google Lookout not, not got a, because um, of course there's Google Bard, uh, the, Google's own version of their AI service. Does Google Lookout not have a um, uh, AI image description built in? It has, but still, as we talked in the beginning of this uh, show, it's only uh, can be used in certain countries, so we, we have no chance to test it, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, Karine, what about you? Have you had a chance to play with uh, the new uh, version of TalkBack? Yeah, I did. It's great, uh, just because uh, I'm in the... <laughs> Double Tap podcast, you are iOS users, so we are now much more ahead of you <laughs> in terms of features. <laughs> Indeed, this is not true. <laughs> but, but, okay, what happened? Actually, yeah, I, I did play, play with it. And, uh, yeah, it started to, to, to be in the tra- on the track, let's say, but it needs more improvements, of course. Uh, the images description... Uh, I, I, the, the good thing about it that it is offline, and I like this uh, approach. I like to have this offline thing. Uh, it's it's not really good. It can't be compared, to be honest, to what VoiceOver offers. Unfortunately, I think that Android users will not uh, love me at all after this <laughs> day, after this podcast. However, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying the truth. <laughs> So I, I should say that you have you have paid for me to, to, to say this. That's what it's about here on Double Tap. We tell the truth here. We tell the truth. Yeah, but actually the thing is uh, there's something very important, which is not related to TalkBack itself. It is related to Android, which is the availability of screen readers of competition. So we have other screen readers that we can use. I personally use a other screen reader which is um, much more better in terms of features. So I think the people who are going to, to use Android have this choice, have this freedom, so they can just uh, wait for TalkBack to develop and at the same time use other screen readers until it's able to, to catch on. 
Guys, I could talk to you all day, but we're running out of time. I just want to uh, just quickly give you a chance to promote the what you guys are doing to make Android more accessible to more people. So Sally, kick us off. Tell us what you guys are up to and where we can find out more about you. So you can guys find out at wizardinaccessibleandroid.com and you can send us an email using the email address info at accessibleandroid.com. And we'll be here to answer all of your questions regarding the website, our future plans, and anything that you want to say. I mean, uh, we are starting yet, uh, even though we start in July. Uh, we did a lot so far, covering a lot of articles, tips and tricks, how to articles, uh, from very beginner to advanced user base. But still, we have a lot to learn from you guys, and we are open to any kind of suggestions, any kind of uh, ideas that you have in your mind. Just send, send them away. Karine, uh, from your perspective, uh, Android is obviously the place to be for you, and you know it's it's a fantastic. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's there's no discussion anymore about which is best, Android or iOS. They're both on a par, especially in terms of accessibility. There's might even be an argument to say that maybe it's tipping the scales a little bit on uh, on iOS recently with some of the bugs that are uh, present inside iOS and voiceover. Uh, what's your take on that and uh, what's your thoughts on being part of this project? Well, actually, if you, you are going to use Android or iOS, it's based on what you prefer about the platform itself. So uh, I think people who like the openness and the freedom of choice customization, they are going to go with Android. Yeah, I, I will tell you that accessibility is still uh, better on iOS, but it's also about the things that you use daily and the things that you care about. But at the end of the day, it's always better to have two competitor uh, accessible, equally accessible platforms. So as much as we uh, have the desire to have Android accessible. We have the same desire to have iOS accessible and we like it to be accessible always and bugs free. So people have the choice to, to, to decide for their, themselves what, what they want. And uh, regarding accessible Android, actually, it was really an interesting journey uh, that we were able to do it together. And I hope that we will be able to, to do more in the future. Um, you, you can say, say that it is a hybrid project. So we rely as much as we rely on the team and the team's work. We rely on people's contribution. So people are always welcome, welcome to send feedback as well as to, to submit content. So if someone has an accessible application, an accessible or an, an opinion piece, uh, a review, whatever, uh, uh, the people can just reach us with this because uh, it is, as I said, something hybrid. It's not only for for uh, the team to work on, it's f for everyone. So we can, as a community, make something um, that is uh, useful for and beneficial for everyone. So I hope that we are able to, to, to do uh, something useful and that we are really going into the uh, right direction for accessible Android to become a website that is uh, beneficial to people of all community of all the countries around the world, and uh, yeah, that people are liking what we are doing. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Uh, keep it up, and you know, come back again soon so we can uh, geek out more on Android. I love it. Um, Thank you, both of you, for uh, joining me today, Karina and also Sally. Thank you for, uh, so much for coming on. Don't forget, everyone, to check out Accessible Android wherever you find the internet. Uh, 
Thank you, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Great conversation, Sean. I'm really glad we were able to have that chat. We had some real issues with connection. You wouldn't know it from that interview, but we had some real issues <laughs> with connecting. But thankfully, it's all worked out. Yes, and well worth a listen. That was a great interview. i got to say, very interesting uh, opinions there. Definitely. Uh, that's it for this week of Double Tap Express. It's been a busy week. Uh, and we didn't even get to Ned Desmond, who, uh, of course, is the creator oh. and executive producer of Site Tech Global, another amazing oh. event with lots of interesting conversation coming out of this week as well. We will get back into that next week and, of course, have more conversation on this, the daily technology show that I think is going to have to go hourly. Uh, let's speak to Mr. F about that, <laughs> but I think it has to go hourly. God bless you, Mr. F. We can do it. <laughs> we'll catch you Monday. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.